it's fine. We'll just throw in a question for the audience. Is a Pop-Tart a dumpling? And oh my we'll leave gosh. it at that. Anybody who wants to respond can at us on Twitter. Uh, oh yeah, or send us an email, or, or even better, or send, send us a voicemail of you screaming your opinion about it, please. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're on Discord, feel free have a very angry discussion about it somewhere. It'll be great. <laughs> you're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. As the year marches on, it brings fun, sun, and plenty of Alola. This upcoming Community Day Pokemon is a really down-to-earth sort of guy. Go Battle League will be right back after these messages. A new Tier 5 raid boss is on Tapu the World. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 181. That's one more than last time, if you can believe it. And it is March 1st, yet another Tuesday evening. I'm your host, Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, Kyle. How you doing? I'm doing okay right now. Just okay, but there's so many things to be super excited about right now. What do you mean, just okay? Well, we'll get to it. We'll get to it, I suppose. But all right. All right. Well, hey, um, you know, before we get started here, just a quick shout out to our our patron community and all the support that they give us all the time. Thank you so very, very much for your uh, patronage and helping us keep everything going on our end here for the show. Uh, I just wanted to say had a great time hanging out in the server and talking to people even on Twitter, too. Uh, over the course of this weekend, Jota Tour was very magical. And of course, we will get into it ourselves in just a moment here. But first things first, Kyle, you and I had set some goals last week, as we are want to do, and they mm-hmm. are all Johto related. So my executive decision is that we're just going to go right into news and include those goals in our review, because that's the first thing on the list. Sound good? Yep. All right. Fire the news machine. Yo, what up? It's the news. Okay, so let's just cut to the chase. Kyle and I, we both did Johto Tour. Not only did we both do Johto Tour, we both did all 12 stinking hours of <laughs> Johto Tour. Sort of. And, well, yeah, more, more or less, I would say. It, it, that, that event uh, with driving and the raids that were tailing the event as it ended and they were starting up, I think I probably played for about 14 hours total. Something like that. But yeah. we took breaks. We did eat. Yeah, we'll get to it. But let's talk about some goals we had really quick. Uh, you wanted to catch at least 20 shinies. How did that one go for you? I did it. You did it. Okay. How many did you end up catching? 29. 29? Wow. Yeah. That's, uh, that's one short of glory. That's how I would view it. Yeah. Well, you know what, Chris? <laughs> it's a shiny count half full or half empty. <laughs> half empty. Uh, two million experience. Yes, yes, I did. Congratulations! Any friendship experience? Uh, yeah, I got. A, there was a best friend. Awesome, and complete the special research for the event. Yes, yes, excellent. Well, that's a three out of three for you, Kyle. Good job. I'm surprised you didn't set more. I thought I could have sworn you did. I, th- I think I we not. were we were being a little bit cautious at the time. I wasn't sure how how it was actually going to go. 
True, true. And yeah, and after reading these goals that I had set for myself, I got awfully close to failing a number of them. <laughs> I also wanted to catch 20 shinies. I did do that. I actually ended up catching 38 for the day. Um, all collection challenges, of course. Dunzo. Mm-hmm. Two shiny Fampy. If you can believe it, I oh did do God. that. That was great. So lucky. So hatch, lucky. Hatch 30 eggs. Try 198 for the day. Knocked that one out of the park. Yeah, it was it was the most disgusting thing I've ever seen in my life. I just want everyone <laughs> to know. Batches nine seven k nine two k eggs at a time. Super incubators. I think just you can do the math on how many super incubators Chris wasted. Don't do it. Don't do it. Let me just live you, in my in my. You world should do the math, and then bubble. know that Chris got four shinies out of it. So I did. Uh, no, sorry, I got four hundred. Oh, I did get four shinies and four hundos out of those eggs. Yes, it's incredible. Oh my gosh! All right, five hundred thousand stardust. I did a million, two million experience. I did a little bit more than two million in special research. All of that finished. So one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven out of seven. Nice. We technically tied at one hundred percent. Wow. So. Having said that, Mr. Kyle, how did you feel Johto Tour went? And I, I think we should probably save comparisons to Kanto Tour. Let's just talk objectively about the event. Full disclosure first, both Chris and I did get our tickets paid for by Niantic. That said, we both would have gladly bought it ourselves, especially after having experienced the day. So it was great. Like there's no anything else to say about that it was a ton of fun there, there's some things that could be said about the spawns where was done sparse you know <laughs> being sparse being sparse no. yeah <laughs> get out the door is on your right <laughs> see the real question is though when will he done being sparse <laughs> <laughs> but other than that the rotating hours were good. It was kind of nice that there was one that's slightly more lackluster, especially when you don't care about starters than the others because it gave a good breathing room. And that's kind of about it. I have a couple of negatives, but I want to hear what Chris has to say first. Thank you. I appreciate you leaving a nice, clean, open floor for me to speak on before you're just like, and here's all of my problems that I had with it. <laughs> so I think overall, positively, I would say that the event was very well done. I really liked the spawn pools, actually, because like we found out with GoFest this past summer, having one hour in those rotating habitats that you really don't care for is is really important. It's it's very important so that you have something to plan around to take a break with or whatever. So for us, it was New Barktown. We didn't really care for New Barktown all that much. But when it was Mount Silver hour, we were going hard, right? So I really liked that sort of layout of the environments. I think um, just as soon as I was getting tired of a spawn pool, it would change over to the next one. Uh, and of course, the XL candy uh, bonus, the rare xl candy that you could or sorry i believe the phrase is rare candy xl right that's it's the rare candy xl yes rare candy xl thank you from doing raids in person which just means use a premium pass on a remote pass was probably the most driving force and the most motivated i've been to raid in a long time so on that same note i have a thought about it because it was fantastic the rare candy xl fantastic motivator to get out and do raids 
the fast turnover time on raids made it very enjoyable for us. I'm going to say that because I think this was a probably a lot more frustrating for somebody playing with one or two people who couldn't jump into whatever raid they wanted because with the faster times coordinating and inviting people to your raid and making sure they want to come starts to become kind of a hassle. Yeah. And I believe the guaranteed XL was only from legendaries. Oh, yes. Yes, so that is correct. You couldn't even like go solo the raids if you wanted to. It had to be a legendary to have the guaranteed XL. That said, it's still fantastic. It's a great feature to haul out, but it suffers from the too many things syndrome in that same vein. You have an event focused on catching everything. I want to catch everything. So many shinies to check everything I want trying to finish here, but I also want to raid everything. And as we've talked about, raiding is time consuming. It is so incredibly time consuming for no good reason. It is. You know, we probably did. What, what do you think? 50 raids? Something like that? Maybe? Uh, yeah, probably. You guys kind of went for more raids than I did. I was usually catching or doing another raid that somebody had invited me to and missing some lobbies. But I would probably say throughout the day, probably 40 raids. Yeah. You know, maybe you know mid what? 40s. Let me, let me if I had check. to guess. But we did a whole lot of them, and it's really difficult because the sea of Heracross and Corsola just sort of, like, get wiped across the top. You know what I mean? It's easy to remember how many legendary raids you did because those take some time, but not those two. And we were doing a fair amount of those as well. Yeah. And, and of course, all the remote passes, we got, you know, got invited to a remote raid for a Corsola or a Heracross every, like, five minutes. Yeah, it was really, really great. Shout out to DeFiE. I'm pretty sure she probably did 100 Corsola raids (laughs) on Saturday. (laughs) <laughs> she was a Corsola dealer that, that day. Like for sure. All of the Corsola. It was so funny. And now I, I'm hoping Adifa laughs when she hears this, but uh, she was sending invites to several people in our group because under under normal circumstances or other circumstances, we all would hang out. We'd be hanging out together. But Adifa was playing with her local group up where she lives. So that was great. Awesome. Spectacular. But she would send us Corsola invites. We'd all be like, oh, there's another Corsola invite. And we would try to hop into them. It was really, really fun. I loved that part of it. I think remote raids sort of added a a cool thing to the game that people just probably don't even consider that I bet for a fact Niantic is very acutely aware of that. It's just so cool to receive a raid from across the world. It's not even about the accessibility. It's the fact that it's from like Australia, you know, Yeah, getting a raid invite when I open my phone from a friend I have from the discord across the world from, from England. Those are, those are very common (laughs) is, is a great experience. It's just like, Oh yeah, I'm going to do that. It's from England. Why not? Or it's like, Oh, another raid. No, hang on, mate. I can't do that right now. (laughs) Yeah, no, exactly. Exactly. But it always elicits a response. Most definitely. And it's also great because you can catch those and you can trade them for the the distance like you would from an egg Mm -hmm. from a friend uh, from one of those places Uh, as well. Very, very cool. All right, Chris. There's the elephant in the room that neither of us have brought up yet. The legendary beasts in the wild. All right. So legendary beasts in the wild. It's for some context for those of you that didn't attend the event, perhaps. Or for those of you that are wondering why people were screaming (laughs) that we're playing the event down the road from you or something like that. In... The main series games in gold and silver, 
and then Crystal, which is more of a celebration of this aspect of those, of those games. The three legendary beasts could be encountered randomly on a route, and they would have a very, 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 and I mean very, high flea rate, and you would have to whittle their health down over a number of encounters until they're catchable. And even then, you're going to have a hard time because they could burst out and then flee, right? So this research and event was set up in such a way that they were popping up in the wild and they would have a 100% flea rate until you did the snapshot tasks. And then after that, apparently, they were possibly catchable allegedly i want to say but i do know for a fact that they are because kyle was one of the two people in our group (laughs) that managed to catch one of those legendaries now how low level was it again uh it was like 700 cp yeah it's incredibly low it was yeah it was low level not great ivs but it's it exists and that's the important one so our car was a mixture of some very interesting reactions to it. You know, I didn't think anything of it. I'm like, oh, gosh, this one's going to run away, whatever. But there were some very strong opinions in the car to the opposite of why even bother doing this? This is such a frustrating thing. It feels bad. It's a bad experience for the player. And it kind of caught me off guard. And, and Kyle can attest to this. I really didn't know how to respond to it. I just kind of kept saying, like, <laughs> That's just how it was in the main series game, because that was good enough for me. You know, like I got it. I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. It's an homage to my favorite generation and my favorite main series games. But for somebody who didn't do that or who doesn't care about that generation of games, that's a fair point. It it probably was a very frustrating experience because you're like, these are catchable. My buddy got one. I want a sub 1000 Suicune. Of course I do. That'd be so cool. But it was so hard to do. And it was there's nothing you could do about it. We were all doing golden raspberry ultra ball excellent throws more often than not. And they would still run every time. Just after after probably like the first hour or so, we just were talking about it. We're just sacrificing a grub to the Pokemon gods because that's what's been requested. Wasn't it the uh, Chuck and Ultra Ball task was what you yeah. said? Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. Here, let me sat, let me just go delete an Ultra Ball from my inventory. It'll be the same as trying to catch that. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, I kind of I really understand the frustration, but I also very much appreciate why that feature was there, you know, because yeah. I thought it was a neat homage. What do you think, Kyle? I'm dying to hear what your opinion is. So I'm on both sides of the fence here, and like that's usually surprising. But as an homage, it was great. Like it was actually really fun. Just seeing them show up in the overworld was good enough for me, even if I couldn't necessarily catch them. Which I, the you know disclaimer, I did actually manage to catch one of the ones we ran into. One of only two that was caught in our entire car, our car of. Five people, we probably encountered, I want to say, 20 of the legendary dogs that might be on this high end. So about 100 encounters, and we caught two, which kind of matches up with the 2% catch rate of a legendary, but we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> that's because that's not how the math works in any capacity at all. Right. And we should also mention that like the car full of people, there wasn't like, you know, somebody's friend or somebody's plus one that doesn't play. That car was full of people that are, you know, 40 plus 
all trying yeah, to get to all, 50. I think all yeah. dedicated. Right. The other three people in the car besides Kyle and I play a lot harder than we do and are yes, much yes, better at the do. game than we are. <laughs> much better. Yes. Far more dedicated than we will ever be able to be, I think. Mm-hmm. That said, I also understand the frustration and agree in the why do it. And I think there was a more elegant way of solving the situation. The the argument, you know, that Chris presents, it's how it was in the main series game is technically true, but as we also talked about as a group, there are ways to exploit it in the main series game. You can use a move like uh like mean look or scary face, one of the two of those. I don't remember which one it is. Prevents a Pokémon from fleeing. So if you lead with that Pokémon, use it, well their flee rate doesn't matter anymore. They can't run away. Or, and this one is more applicable, I think, to Go, they share a health pool. So if you encounter an Entei twice in Gen 2, it has the same health if you weaken it the first time around. And I think they could have played on that, and the more that you encounter something, the higher your chance to catch it was. I agree and, with that, that there should have been probably a counter. That would, that would have been really cool. So it still does reward the player that was out hunting for them for a long period of time. More encounters means a greater chance of success. Yeah. But something that they had in that they have in Go for these encounters that the main series games didn't is the level variability and the ability to use berries. Yes, true. But I, I think that there's a balance there that I think could have been achieved. And I think this was a good start. But the thing is, this is the only legendary set that's like this. So they don't really have to trot it out again for something else. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think that this was a good first go at legendaries in the wild? Okay. Just forget about the lake spirits. Pretend they're not an example. They don't. They don't. This doesn't. Right. Right. They're supposed to be so rare. They don't exist. I think it was a good first attempt. I don't think we're going to see it very much, if at all, again, because it it won't make sense for any of the other legendaries. I agree. I 100% agree. Yep. I think there's a better way to handle the beasts, but then look, I'm. I'm going to be very honest here because I have strong feelings about it. But in the grand scheme of things, I I don't care that much. It doesn't it doesn't mean that much because anybody who actually has a strong opinion about it running away was probably already going to raid those beasts endlessly anyways. The real reason people are upset is the chance to get better PvP IVs. And those are only in specialty cups, so... Yeah, and which, again, is is a really niche section. And it's something that Niantic kind of just has to start learning to deal with. Or choosing to ignore, I suppose. They, they can totally do that. <laughs> yeah, they absolutely they can. can. It just means that when they do do things like this, they have to be aware of what they could potentially be doing to the PvP meta. And I, I trust that they're aware of not misstepping in that regard, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah, but uh, let's just say overall, Johto Tour, yay, nay, if you had to give it a score out of 10 as an event. Probably an eight. So it was a pretty great time, but also it just occurred to me we didn't talk about one thing, and that's the Pokemon trainers. And I think we can probably sum it up pretty easily. It was drastically better than last year, and they gave you an option to turn it off after you were done, which everybody oh, in our car did. So, so cool. we can't even comment on the rest of it except i know that they were giving decent rewards like poffins and incubators when you finished them and and bundles of thousands of stardust 
Yeah. Yep. So they they did good there. And they were harder. Like they were definitely harder to fight without being trolly like last year. Yeah, they didn't they didn't feel cheap. They felt like complete teams. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was uh, great. I definitely would not have enjoyed it as much if I was playing it, you know, by myself. But that's kind of just go in a nutshell when you get to an event level. Especially when it's 12 hours. Yeah, I would have clawed my eyes out if I played that by myself for 12 hours. Yeah, Run out of podcasts to listen to. <laughs> no, uh, not enough podcasts in the world to listen to for that long. Okay, but the question I feel like really is, do you think it was worth the eleven ninety nine price tag? Absolutely. I would have paid double to to play it without a question, really. Yeah, I think I would have too. I think so. It's, it's easy for us to say because we did receive our, our tickets from Niantic. But having played pretty much every single ticketed event that we could get our hands on that didn't require global travel, I would say in, you know, comparison to previous events, historically, there was a lot of value in this event for sure. My number score is probably an 8.5, maybe a 9. I think if the beasts had been done with a little bit more finesse i don't even know what that really looks like but i needed that part to be more complete feeling other than that i think it was stellar really really great johto is an old generation everybody and they made it feel fresh for 12 hours it was Mm -hmm. a lot of fun a lot of fun so bravo niantic looking forward to the next one okay we've talked about this for a long period of time and we have so much other stuff to talk to talk about this episode for sure. So we're just going to get going here because otherwise we'll be here forever. Forever. First piece of news. March content update. Welcome to the season of Alola. A new in-game season is coming soon to Pokemon Go. It actually started today. The season of Alola. Pokemon originally found the Alola region will start appearing on March 1st, 2022 at 10 a.m. local time. That's already happened because it's live. It's live. March Research Breakthrough Encounters, Tuesday, March 1st at 1 p.m. PST. So again, this is also live to Friday, April 1st at 1 p.m. PDT. Alolan Vulpix will be appearing in Research Breakthroughs. And if you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny one. It has been shiny. There is no associated bonus with it. It's just been historically (sighs) rare to find. But yeah, before we hit the record button. I caught one in the wild in my yard. So couldn't I don't know. Like, I don't know how we're like giving it a hat or something. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> something. I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm just really lucky or if it's not going to be rare, but that's the research breakthrough. Take it or leave it. That leads us into, well, March Community Day. Trainers were excited to announce that Sandshrew and Alolan Sandshrew, the mouse Pokemon, will be featured during March's Community Day. When is that? That'll be Sunday, March 13th from 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time. We actually knew this already, so that shouldn't be new news to anybody. The featured Pokemon are both Sandshrew and Alolan Sandshrew. The exclusive attack for regular old Sand Slash, Cantonian Sand Slash, will be Night Slash, which is a very popular charge move for a lot of Pokemon because it what is a chance to raise attack, I believe, when used? And Alolan Sand Slash will be learning Shadow Claw. I'm not sure what its relevance in PvP is going to be, but hopefully it is some sort of a boon. Community Day Special Research. 
Community Day special research story, Gritty and Glacial. <laughs> For $1 US or the equivalent pricing tier in your local currency, you'll be able to access the Sanchru Community Day exclusive special research story, Gritty and Glacial. Stay tuned for when the tickets go live, as per usual. Events bonuses. Here we go. Quarter egg hatch distance. The best bonus that ever bonused a bonus. Instance activated during the event will last for three hours. Lure modules will do the same. And take a few snapshots during community day for a surprise. It will be sand shrew, I assure you. Event bundles is going to be a bundle for 1280 Poke Coins with 30 Ultra Balls, three Super Incubators, five Lucky Eggs, and one Elite Charge TM for a one-time purchase in the shop. And a bundle containing 30 Ultra Balls will be available in the shop at no cost during the event. So make sure you grab those. And there's going to be some stickers in the usual places, stops, gifts, in-game shop. You know the ones. <laughs> so, Kyle, excitement, yes, no, for Sandshrew. I can really kind of see this going both ways for most people. Kind of neutral. I already have a couple of shiny Alolan Sandshrews. I don't have any regular Sandshrew shinies, so that's cool. Sandshrew's not really a favorite of mine, although I really like both forms of Sand Slash, and the shiny of Sand Slash is great. Regular Sand Slash, that is. And that's about it. They're both PvP-centric moves, and I don't know how it's going to shape up, but I don't think either of these are going to rock it into the core meta, but they'll probably be really good in certain cups. I'm hoping so, too. It's always really interesting when they breathe new life into especially like classic Pokemon like Sand Slash or even just regular old Sand Shoe, depending on the maybe a little cup or something. I love that stuff. Sand Slash is just OG to the point where even Alolan Sand Slash feels familiar still, even though it's pretty new. I also think that Alolan Sand Slash might be one of my favorite designed ice Pokemon of all time. It's so good. It is so good. Well, that's it for Community Day. Uh, It looks like we're just kind of like, you know, we're excited. We're going to do it. I'm hoping that once we learn more about the PvP uh, relevance of the special moves that we'll feel more excited. I want to be more excited for sure, but I, I don't. I don't hate it. I really don't. I'm not having a sphere reaction here. So to me, this is a big win personally. <laughs> so that's great. But there are other events in March as well. Welcome more Pokemon from Alola with the season of Alola. With the arrival of the season of Alola comes a slew of Pokemon originally discovered in the Alola region. These Pokemon will be making their Pokemon Go debuts. When is this happening? It's already started. Hopefully you've noticed. And it's running through Wednesday, March 9th at 8 p.m. local time. Wild encounters include, but apparently are not limited to, despite not saying so, <laughs> Rowlet, Litten, and Popplio, who are the three Alolan starters, Pikapek, which is the Pidgey, and Young Goose, which is the Rattata. And Young Goose can be shiny as well. There is a collection challenge for all of those listed Pokemon. Plus, you have to evolve a young goose. It can only evolve during the day, but it is a 50 candy evolution. Raids in tier one will be sporting Bellsprout, Snubble, Fampy, Electrike, and Rockruff, baby. Rockruff, who is also a new addition slash release for this generation in raids. Tier three, Alolan Raichu, Nidoqueen, Wigglytuff, and Alolan Graveler. Tier 5 has another Alolan Pokemon. It's Tapu Koko. And Mega is going to be Venusaur for this entire time. 
Field research tasks, you can encounter Picky Peck and Young Goose. If you want good IVs, that's a good way to do it for one of those two. And there's also going to be two other events that we don't have details for yet. But the Festival of Colors, which will be running from Tuesday, March 15th to Sunday, March 20th, it says you can experience a fluttering of festive hues during the Festival of Colors. I am hoping that we get a Vivillion during that time. I really, really good do. Good Lord, cool. yes. And then Lush Jungle event from Tuesday, March 22nd to Tuesday, March 29th. Get ready to brave the jungle during this Alola-inspired adventure. Yahoo! So there's also another Pokemon from this generation that has made its debut in-game. And it is sort of limited to eggs, or we would have thought it was, based on the way that this was written out later on in this uh, blog post. But Kyle saw one in the wild, and I'll note it when we get there. But first, five-star raids. A guardian deity of the Alola region, the legendary Pokemon Tapu Koko will be making its Pokemon Good debut in five-star raids this March. Theory and former Tornadus will also be appearing in five-star raids. That's later in the month, though. It's not at the same time. I definitely read that and thought it was implying <laughs> at the same time, don't you think? No, no. It, I mean, yes, but no. Okay. Yes, but all right. All right. I'll take it. That's that's a win. Please note, raid rotations all start and end at 10 a.m. local time on the dates listed, unless otherwise noted. And the dates listed are Tapu Koko, Tuesday, March 1st to Tuesday, March 15th. Theory informed Tornadus from the 15th to the 22nd and a mystery for the rest of the month, starting on the 22nd to April 5th. I'm mm. just going to say right now, if those mystery are the start of another run of the Therian forms, I'm going to throw a fit. <laughs> I swear to God, it hasn't even been that long since they came out. I want my big goofy bird back in raids, man. I love it. <sighs> Let's do it. <laughs> uh, Mega Raids. We're going to have Venusaur until the 15th. After that's Mega Lopunny from the 15th to the 22nd. And then Mega Charizard Y from the 22nd to April 5th. Raid hours from 6 to 7 p.m. local time every Wednesday. March 2nd is Tapu Koko. So is March 9th. March 16th is Therian Form Tornadus. And the 23rd and the 30th are a mystery. Woo! <sighs> There will also be weekly one Pokecoin bundles every Monday in March. The one-time purchase, of course. They will have a remote raid pass and other items available for one Pokecoin. Spotlight hours in this month from 6 to 7 p.m. local time every Tuesday. On the first is Cubone. That was today. And two times candy for transferring Pokemon. I did get to transfer 500 Pokemon that I caught, but I didn't have time for the rest. Kyle, how many did you transfer? It was like 1,500 or something like that, right? Yeah, 1,500. I transferred basically everything I caught from Johto Tour. I basically didn't keep anything that's except awesome. for the legendaries and the shinies. That's the point. That's that's it. Yep. Uh, March 8th, Execute with two times XP for Evolving. March 15th is Growlithe with two times Catch Stardust. March 22nd is Pseudo Wudo with two times Catch Experience. I got five pseudo wudo during go tour. No, thank you. Good I will Lord. be taking a nap during that hour. March 29th, Paris with two times catch candy. Stardust for those catches. Stardust, everybody. Yes. Yep. Other feature updates. A new visual update will be released in March for gyms and Pokestops. These in-game locations will now be visually different depending on whether you are within 40 meters, within 80 meters, or out of range of the location. 
This change is purely visual in nature and will not impact gameplay. Cool. All right. So, Kyle, how do you feel about this overview of the month here? We haven't gotten to a couple of things. It's all right. Like, it's good. New Pokemon are great. I love Rowlet. Rowlet's a big favorite of mine. So, real excited for that. And that's kind of about it. Now, so this is, I share for everyone's information, this is my skip generation. I tried to play Sun and Moon, and I was not able to get into it. I even went back a second time and tried to make it more interesting for myself and give myself like a challenge and a theme to stick with. I made it about halfway through both times. It just it holds your hand so much. I was so bored. So a lot of this, while I know it, is new experience for me to travel through. So that's kind of exciting just by itself. I'm excited for you. I mean, you're familiar with most of the Pokemon from Alola, even though you didn't really play the games. But like, I don't have a relationship with any of it. Like, there's no memories. There's no fondness for stuff. So I'm just looking at these purely as, hey, look, it's Pokemon. But that said, Rockruff is amazing. And I want it shiny so bad. And they know it. They know it. It has two forms, too, for evolving. It does. It's Oh, it actually has three forms, but we can't get the third form in, in Go. So right. it's oh, it's so good. <laughs> I love that Pokemon. It is. It's a cool, cool Pokemon. Cute dog turns into scary dogs. Yes. Yeah, it's great. The thing about this generation that I'm most looking forward to is that they'll, well, they, they won't have to, but they might have to tackle the Ultra Beast question. There won't be a question. It's going to come out in raids it's just you think so just regular raids the only question that they have to solve potentially and we're not going to get an answer is necrozma and ultra necrozma yeah because true we don't even have cure in black and white why in the world would they do necrozma they wouldn't yeah they wouldn't so they, once, we saw, once we hear cure in black and white then we'll know what will happen there that said the real interesting question is whether they do anything with z moves and my guess is no they just don't. They pretend it doesn't exist because that's how I feel about Z-Moves personally. But that might be my bias from not having invested in that generation. No, I think you're right because I'm sitting here. And you, you saw me with looking up and to the right with my mouth open just trying to manage a thought apparently. I was just thinking that maybe initially they could have handled it kind of like they're doing for Apex with the plus moves. But Z moves were supposed to be more like once per battle sort of thing. So yeah, I, I don't mean, think a perpetual change is what they want to do with it either. They could. So just a thought looking at how they've done megas, it could be a system where you earn credits for it in order to unlock its use on a specific Pokemon. And since Z moves were generic, it can go on pretty much anybody. And mm-hmm. each some Pokemon have their own special ones, but and it unlocks its use one time during a raid. So it gives you a second charge move, let's say. But you can only use that charge move one time during that raid for a big amount of damage. Mm-hmm. Like enough that it would make people want to do it to lower their raid times or do it by themselves or something. Or manage to short man something that would otherwise be, yeah. you know, unachievable. It would be kind of cool if there was a way for you to one time a day power up your Pokemon such that you could maybe solo a five star by yourself and only have one chance at it. That'd be kind of cool. 
Yeah, so I, I think that if they do Z moves, that's got to be the way to do it. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree, too. That's a that's a good sell for sure. I don't know. There's a lot of interesting things that they kind of have to tackle. But again, to your point that you've already made a couple of times, they don't really have to. They can just kind of throw it in the game and that's fine. Yeah, <laughs> and that's fine. All right. So anyway, uh, there is also a Gold Battle League interlude season informational drop that's going to be for Fish and DeFi. E. They're going to cover that for us. And then there was a separate season of Alola overview that came out separately from the March listing because this is going to be for the next three months sort of like an overview catch-all sort of article but there is some different information here that basically informs us what the plan is for the entire season as well as of course the stopgap uh spawn pools for in between events and the updated egg pools and all that good stuff so First up, there's going to be, uh, you know, kind of a, a series of researches, very similar to what we did this last season for uh, the heritage season. Conduct research on the islands of Alola. So on March 1st, which has already started, you should have access to this. It's the Melee Melee Island. And then the Akala Island special research will start on March 22nd. Ula Ula Island will be on April 12th. Pony Island will be May 10th and an end of season research will be given out on May 25th as well. There isn't a lot of verbiage around whether or not you have to complete them all in order to get something or not. But I think it's a safe bet that if you have any interest in these whatsoever, you should do your best to complete all of them because they like to hide things behind that sort of stuff now. Because why wouldn't they? Of course they would. That makes the most sense to me. <laughs> Different Pokemon will be appearing in the wild. There's a lot more than the ones we're about to list here. I would encourage you, if you're interested, to follow the link in the show notes to the article and take a look at the full list. But here are some highlights. In cities, you can find Alolan Rattata, Alola Meowth, and Alolan Grimer, and many, many more. But Alolans in the wild. Kyle and I both thought that that was very, very notable. Mm-hmm. In forests, Rufflet in the wild. Young Goose, if you're looking for it, and Paris for that Stardust and more. In the mountains, Alolan Diglett, Alolan Geodude, and Arkin, which Kyle thinks is a lie. <laughs> I think it's a lie, and I also think the next one is a lie. So, <laughs> okay. Beaches and Water, Tirtuga, Frillish, and Star You. All right. And it's more, a lie. Honestly. It's a lie. <laughs> I'll believe it if I see a Tertuga myself. I don't live near any beaches and the water is not very close, so I won't see it. Therefore, it's not real. Okay. Just like I want, one. I want the record to show of all the seven Ks I hatched when they were in them. I hatched one Tertuga. I'm and still it was upset. a glitch. It wasn't I'm, supposed I'm still to upset happen. about it. I do not have a <laughs> Caracosta still. Caracosta's. Uh, Caracas is cool. Why don't you use some rare candy on it? Is it for the principle? I mean, I should, but it's it's a principle at this moment. Uh-huh, I walk the Arkin, therefore I will walk the Tertuga eventually. Of course. <laughs> I respect it. Uh, Northern Hemisphere, we're going to see Fungus, Spring Deerling for the season, and Bagon. Southern Hemisphere is Beldum, Autumn Deerling, and Ninkata. I missed Ninkata already. Give him back. Yeah. In the uh, egg pools, two kilometers, you're going to see Young Goose, Pick-A-Peck, and the Kalos Generation 6 starters. In the five-kilometer eggs, Tyrogue, Bonsly, Alolan starters, and more. 
And the 10 kilometer pool, you'll see Axu, Noibat, Rock Ruff, more, of course. And here's the kicker Jangmo O. Now, who the heck is Jangmo O? You've got a what? Your what hurts? Yeah, Jangmo O is the unlisted Alolan release Pokemon from the Alolan event page. So this implies that it's only going to be available in 10 kilometer eggs. But much to Kyle's chagrin, his nearby proved that theory incorrect. If you'd like to elaborate. Yeah. So we're sitting down. We're sitting down getting ready to record. Going over the notes. I open my phone to go check, you know, my goals and stuff and make sure I can share stuff appropriately. I see a shadow on my nearby. I'm like, what? I already caught youngest, young goose and the starters and pick a pack. What's going on? And I looked at him like, oh, my God, that's a Jingmo. I'm like, Chris. This is a problem. It's just far enough away that I could not just get up and go get it because that would be unreasonable. And we also like are an hour late in our recording. So, yeah, just yeah. I have a screenshot proof that Jang Mo'o does spawn in the wild. So, yeah. So who knows? I guess that just kind of goes to show that these lists are not definitive or are incomplete. I'm going to go with the first one. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> for sure. And then there's bonuses for the month as well. Increased incense effectiveness while moving. Incense will last for 90 minutes. Increased damage for Pokemon participating in raids remotely. That is to say they have not been nerfed yet. Guaranteed gifts from Pokestop spins, which I have seen some conflicting information about that. Some people have evidence to the contrary. And up to two free raid passes per day by spinning gym photo discs. That's very nice. So the part about this that's kind of a shout out, sort of, it's been a point in the community. It's looking like it might be another hashtag Heroes Niantic level complaint where this incense change is actually a little bit more complicated than just it's increased while you're moving. They're actually re- returning the stationary rate back to what it was, was originally, which is roughly one spawn every five minutes. Now, if you're moving, it'll be much more effective. And the effect has been extended to 90 minutes to sort of like help be like a trade off. But if you want your incense to be relatively useful in any way, sort of thing, you got to move, you got to walk, got to do all that sort of stuff. And people are upset about this. Very, very upset about this. And again, I can kind of see both arguments. I'm just going to sort of lay out the very simple perspective that Niantic has from my from in my opinion, in my opinion. I'm assuming, Kyle, you probably are going to agree until you tell me that you don't. <laughs> maybe. Definitely maybe. <laughs> right. That they are looking to encourage people to move. And by making it more beneficial for incense, which is their primary like, hey, you're going out for a walk. Let's reward this by making your walk more rewarding with this one item. Um, They're looking to change that sort of stuff uh, so that people are less inclined to catch Pokemon on their couch and more inclined to catch Pokemon in their cul-de-sac. Yeah, I mean, for sure. I just I, I don't. I don't understand why it needs to be reduced. Why not in- just increase it? That's I. That's the the opinion I saw today that I I could not disagree with at all. Like, look, I understand it. 
the way you interact with the game is a currency. You are interacting with your time. You are paying Niantic with your time until you pay with your money. That's that's kind of just how games as a service work. And so an incense that gives you less over time means you're paying them less with your time and therefore they'll you'll want to pay more with your money to to get more rewards. That kind of thing is the thought process. They can't give you too much for free. Mm-hmm. And I just I don't think the incense has ever been too much personally. Look, I can tell you, I could probably count on my hands and feet the amount of incense I used before it was boosted. I used them at events and never else because they were awful. They were absolutely terrible, just a horrendous value. And now they're an amazing value. They're, I want to use one anytime I'm outside for more than a few minutes kind of thing. And that's a positive thing. That's That's all I got to say. Yeah, you're making a, a good point about pre-existing incense before. I definitely ran it every single event, but I don't think like when they ran out, I was always like, oh, my incense ran out 15 minutes ago. I didn't even notice. Yeah. Better, better put that back on. It was a nice to have. It was never a, I really feel like I'm missing out if I don't use it. And the new incense has been that way for sure. But to kind of go back to the point that you made earlier, why not just increase it for people to move further and not keep stationary the way that it is right now? It is not as if globally pandemic is finished. There are still lockdowns going on and things like that. And I understand that this is for a lot of people, a tired topic, but it is part and parcel with trying to understand the mentality of why they made those changes in the first place and why they're seeking to turn things back to normal. I get it. I want to believe in the Niantic, you know, mission, core values and things like that, because that is true for me in my experience. Kyle, you I mean, we talked about this the other day. It's the same sort of thing. This game has has been great for us in a lot Mm -hmm. of ways. You know, we do explore. We do talk to new people. We've met all sorts of wonderful people through this game, but it should not. The change shouldn't feel bad. That's the thing. I get it. Their, their reasoning is fine. Their hearts are relatively in the right place, depending on your opinion. Mm-hmm. But the optics are bad. Yeah. So why avoid it? Why not just avoid it altogether? You, you have a great option for it. Either leave it if you don't want more people to have value out of it or figure out another way to incentivize people walking. You know, I, I just I'm afraid for this to turn into a big, uh, you know, backlash again. And, you know, I'm not worried about it. I don't think it'll be a problem in the grand scheme of things. But I do worry about the mental health aspect of it for players and Niantic employees and things like that. And uh, the reputation of their communication. Because we were just starting to get right back on the on the right path in a yeah. lot of ways. So, so one last thought here, just because we're. Or otherwise, we could drag on forever. Yeah. I don't think anything's going to change from this. The incense is going to be the way that they're going to change it, and we are going to live with it. It's not the end of the world. It's not that big a deal. It's not like the issues we had earlier this year, earlier last year, I guess, technically. Oh, my God. Let's yep. never mind. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> my real worry is for when it comes time to address remote rating. Oh, yeah. This is, it's the same issue, and obviously, I was, you know, you're talking about what aboutism here of incense. Well, what about remote raids? Well, what about what happened with incense? What about interaction distance? But the remote raids are what 
are is going to make or break the game when it comes time to deal with it if they actually choose to address it. Oh, yeah. There are entire communities built around this for remote raiding that only use remote raiders for the private lobby in order to work. And so if they can't five man a five star boss with five remote raiders, that's going to be awful for those communities. Yeah. And like my parting comment is that the in-person bonus of Rare Candy XL is an amazing feature to encourage people to raid in person without hurting people for remote raiding. And and I really hope that Niantic sees that. You know, what would be really great is if they increased your, the adventure sync rewards, other aspects of the game that they could boost and look at. I understand that there's a lot of issues with distance with some, uh, some cheating elements and stuff out there, things like that. But pretend <sighs> yeah. that people are playing the game the way that it's supposed to be played, right? If you're trying to encourage people to go out, I don't think incense is the right way to go. Like leave, leave Brittany alone, leave incense alone sort of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, like you said, we could talk about this forever. It's a hard discussion topic um, and people are pretty charged about it online, but we'll leave it there for now. And I'm sure we'll talk about it again in the future. So Chris, now that we're at the end of the news, I've got one thing I've got to ask for you because it's that time of the year. Okay. We have a new generation of Pokemon, which means it new Dex entries. So we have to look at the last generation and see what our Pokedex looks like. Okay, let's do it. Where is your Kalos badge at? My Kalos badge is at 48. Oh, are you 45 for for 51 51? I am. To my understanding, too short of perfect, too short of everything that's been released so far. Okay. And one of them I can have tonight if I want it. The other one is a catching for Panjam. There, there, there's a couple more. There, I don't have Klefki, obviously, but I could evolve an Aromatease, which I have not done yet. I, and I, I did that today. I could evolve a Swirlix, which I have not done yet. I could evolve <laughs> a Bibarical, which I have not done yet. And I yep. could evolve a uh, a Helioptile, which I have not done yeah, yet. I did, I did all of those today. So I think if I actually evolved all four of the things I could right now, I would have I would have 52. I just don't. Yeah, I mean, you should beat me because I know you have a, a Noivern. I do have a Noivern. And I yes. do not have a Noivern. I am 200 oh. candy short still. Oh, my gosh, dude. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So just we can put this to bed real quick. We are missing a lot of Pokemon from Kalos. We are missing like 30 Pokemon from an already very, very tiny generation. It's The generation's only like 80 Pokemon total, and we're missing 30 of them. Yeah, but you could also kind of look at it as we've had Alola in the game for a really, really, really long time now because we got the variants really early. Yeah, that doesn't count. That doesn't count. Wait, so, okay, so we didn't really answer this. Did, who won? Because I'm, I'm, I, I have the potential to beat you. I just haven't evolved them. I, I mean, I think I win right now. I okay. also, I could get, I could tie you right now if I go evolve my, my Sligu. I just, it's not raining right now. Oh, yeah, there you go. Well, you'd have to go put up a, a lure. Do you have a, sp- I do a stop? I gotta go spin a, I gotta go spin a stop today still. I haven't left the house. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, let's wrap up this recording in the next uh, two and a half hours before it hits midnight and you miss out. I'm about <laughs> Please. <laughs> okay. So that's the end of the news section. Kyle beat me for the Callus Pokedex, except for those of you that, that were paying attention. Obviously, I would have won had I known. 
Yep, exactly. That's right. Well, then hang on. This is a good pause. What's your Unova one at? Oh, my just, God. Just... Don't make me do this because I'm so bad. No, you're probably be- you're better at this. You're probably better at this you're one. You're going to embarrass me in front of all of our friends. My Unova is at 136. Yo, we're tied. I haven't evolved my mana yet. <laughs> uh, I've evolved mana, but I don't have either of the Sandile evolutions. I haven't evolved into a Con Calendar yet either. What? I also haven't evolved a Petalil into a Lilligant. Oh my god! I don't have a I don't have a Haxorus. I don't have the Mind Foo evolution. Okay. Or the Pawnier evolution. I could do that right I now. I also need to do the Mind Foo evolution. Oh my too. lord! I, I haven't evolved a Rufflet yet. Oh, uh, I haven't evolved a roughly yet either because none of them have been good enough. Oh, man. Wait, what's 636 and 637? Are those out yet? I don't think those are out yet. No, they're not out yet. Mm-mm. Okay, good. Then, I okay, so I have them. like five more that I could do right now. <laughs> Jeez. Oh, my God. I don't have a Vanillux. You don't have a Vanillux. Oh, my gosh. I think 636 is uh, Caldeo. Or sorry, 637 is Keldeo, I think. Yeah, 637 is Keldeo. Yeah, yeah. All right. Anyway, people have. <laughs> so we tied. So people everyone, have... everyone who is more hardcore than us is screaming in their car right now, for the, sure. The reason that I have these is because they're evolutions that I haven't needed for anything or they're evolutions that I'm waiting to get a good one for. Like in Rufflet's case, I want to hold on to as much candy no, as possible. There's no excuse for Kelder. There's no excuse, though. You could have traded Dude, one no, for free. None of them are good. None you could have good. traded one, and it would have cost no candy. Therefore, it's not an excuse. Yeah, but I have to trade. That's an excuse. That's not an excuse. Mm, it is. You could have done it at a, at a party. Could have. We could have. Anyway, that's it for the <laughs> news section and also apparently publicly shaming me. All righty. Hey, we tied for Unova. That's true, but I should beat you easily. I mean... <laughs> No, I think I think you know, but you only have me beat because of the stupid sandile. That's true. That's true. Um, I also haven't evolved my sandile yet. So, my lord, <laughs> I need to do some of You're that. You're as bad as my girlfriend. Yes, but you know, <laughs> hey, nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that at all. Okay, that's the end of the news section. I've said it like eight times now. I mean it this time. The news section is over, and this is where we would be having gear up if we had one. But we don't. Uh, <laughs> that's a fairly odd parents reference. I'm not actually mad at Kyle or anything. Okay. We're going to go into the Poke lore. And this week, we're going to be talking about Tapu Koko, the land spirit Pokemon. Tapu Koko is a vaguely rooster-like legendary Pokemon. You know what? I- I'm okay with that one. I can get behind yeah, you that know, one. That might be the most accurate use of this description we've had so far. Yeah, I think that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> Tapu Koko's head and torso are black with white markings on its chest, just above its eyes and on top of its head. Extending from the top of its head is a large orange plume with bristles along the back. There is a yellow marking covering the top bristle and half of the bristle below it. The bottom of this crest goes all the way to its neck, where it divides its face in half and creates a beak-like nose. It has small blue eyes with yellow markings behind them. The lower half of its body is orange with four pointed projections. One short spine on the front and two short spines in the back with one longer spine between them. These spines resemble a bird's tail feathers. Its thin arms have round yellow structures encircling its shoulders. And on each arm is a shell that appears to be half of a bird mask. And its hands end in two large claws to create a beak for the mask. 
The mask itself is mostly yellow with black, orange, and white markings. There are three white triangular markings with black edges on the top of each of the mask, which create diamond shapes when the mask is closed. The eyes, those are in quotes, consist of a white diamond connected to a slightly larger orange diamond, which is inside a larger yellow diamond. Diamonds on diamonds on diamonds. Each of these shapes is edged in black. On each half of its beak is an orange triangle with a white rim. There are wing-shaped structures on each side toward the back. Tapu Koko is able to pull the mask together and hide its upper body inside, creating the impression of a stylized rooster. (laughs) And what an impression that is. (laughs) This Pokemon is called the guardian deity of Mele Mele Island. It's known for protecting its home, but it is fickle and will not necessarily help people in need. However, it is very curious and may come to play or battle with people or Pokemon that interest it. It is able to store electricity by closing itself inside the shells on its arms. It has an explosive temper, but it instantly forgets what enraged it in the first place. (laughs) Tapu Koko and the other guardian deities share the signature move Nature's Madness and the exclusive Z-Move Guardian of Alola. Yeah, Z-Moves. Those things we said they would probably not do. Yeah, that's it. Mm Mm-hmm. Stats for Tapu Koko, max CP at level 50 is 3582, and at level 40 is 3168, 172 stamina, 181 defense, and a whopping 250 attack. That's pretty good. Best move set here, Volt Switch and Thunder Thunderbolt. There's both available. I suppose it's kind of like your your purpose is there. And the other two moves, I mean, you can use Dazzling Gleam because this Pokemon is fairy and electric type, technically electric fairy. So uh, maybe for your second move, bring Dazzling Gleam for some coverage and still get that stab. All right, Kyle, that was a long walk for a short question. What do you feel about Tapu Koko? It's all right. Really? Uh, How do you feel about the deities in general? I'll be honest, until about 10 seconds ago, I hadn't seen the others. Okay. Like, Tapu Koko is kind of the face of the Tapus for the game. Obviously, the the start of the game, you kind of are trying to win its favor or something like that, and you actually like interact with it. But I like it. I like it more than I like the other ones at first glance, but I will need to give them more time, obviously. Yeah, so more or less of uh, of your favor than the forces of nature. I like the forces of nature. So I think I think I like this more than Therian Tornadoes, for sure. <laughs> That's and, not and, fair, though. That one's the outlier. <laughs> but li- less than Therian Landorus. Okay. I can... I can understand that. I can absolutely understand and respect that. For me, I think forces of nature are definitely lesser than the island deities. I'm excited to see them all in go because while I did finish sun and moon, I didn't have a lot of time in that like post game. So I didn't, you know, really explore or spend time with those legendary Pokemon. So I'm excited to see them here. Plus Tapu Koko just looks so cool. I love that. It's like jumping, like it's going to be boxing back and forth. But like it doesn't have feet, so it does it while it's floating. That's great. Yeah. It's got a lot of personality. Big, big fan. Uh, but enough about Poco lore and Tapu Coco. Why don't we hop into the Poco Pole? That sounds like a plan. Last week's Poco Pole was what was your biggest highlight from Johto Tour this past weekend? 
first response from Triptando, and they said, Hi, GoChrist podcast. This is an easy answer for me, the people. I went to Rotterdam for a meetup with some other Dutchies and even some people from across the borders, especially after the last two years in which I didn't really get to meet new people. It is so good to get to know these awesome people who share the same love for Pokemon and going outside. Also, I had forgotten how much fun it was to raid in person with a whole group. This game is not about that one shiny hundo or legendary. It has always been about the people and always will be. Absolutely. 100%. There's nothing like playing Go with a group of like-minded people. That's true. Uh, Actually, no, I would disagree. There is something like it. It's playing Pokemon Go with a group of not like-minded people and then realizing that the other stuff doesn't matter. (laughs) True. (laughs) I've definitely, I've 100% met people so completely different from me but we still both like pokemon go that's all it takes to start a conversation and the conversations are not just about go and that's that's great like i was having a conversation with somebody else before and they were like how do you know that you know you're really making a you know a connection with somebody that's not just pleasantries or you know social constructs right and i was describing pokemon go as my reference for most things for my anecdotes <laughs> that yeah. pokemon go has had me meet people that on paper are people that I would have never ever gotten along with in the slightest complete mm-hmm. antithesis to my person, my beliefs and everything else. But we both were excited about our shinies on that community day. That's all that matters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Next response from Clifton B and they said, Johto is definitely my favorite generation. So it's difficult to pick one specific highlight. I would say that getting my first shiny mill tank was definitely a big highlight for me. <laughs> what made it the best part was the fact that I got four more. No one else in my group got one, so I'm holding a couple for trades for those that want them. I do agree, by the way. Getting my first shiny mill tank was one of my two major highlights from Johto Tour. <laughs> it's, it's a good time. It's a good time. <laughs> So my second highlight was us all screaming about the cows. My first highlight was that there was somebody in our car who kept getting encounters with unknown Jay and Kyle could not find one until probably like the last what hour, two hours of the event. Yeah. That last hour was my first unknown Jay encounter. I would. <laughs> and every time they were like, Oh my God. They're like what? And they're like, it's an unknown J. And we're like, <sighs> how many, how many encounters did she end up having? It was like double digits easy. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like 15 or 20, yeah. maybe like 18, <laughs> something like that. It was just, it was just so funny. Just when I thought your face couldn't fall any further. And it's like every time somebody got something like, Oh my God. And we'll all be really excited for him. So every time she said, it, I was like, Oh my God. I'm like, what'd you get? She's like, showed me her phone. I'm like, <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much for the response last one's from angry bunny man they said you know that sound when you tap on something you never thought you'd get a shiny of my absolute favorite moment was at launch with friends when one of them got a wild shiny sweet coon he made that sound we had all stopped eating sweet potato fries half in mouth looked at him and we all cheered when he showed us in particular this was I'm not being hyperbolic. The first time we had been in a restaurant since the pandemic started and with friends, no less. We've been isolating for three years because of chronic health issues. And this moment was hard to describe in how much it mattered to me. Absolutely. That's that's fantastic. Great moments like that. I think this is 
probably incredibly relatable to a lot of people right now. Yes, a hundred percent. Also, sweet potato fries, top notch, great taste. <laughs> Keep my thoughts. To my, I'm, I'm not a fan of sweet potato fries or sweet potatoes in particular because but. it deviates from the the vanilla version of the food item. Uh, which is just regular uh, fries. I mean, yes, but like, do do curly and waffle fries count okay, as deviations? Yeah, that's a question. That's a question I have. I was going to actually follow up with because we have to have a pointless food related question every once in a while on the show because that's half of what our friendship was based off of in the first place. All right, so oh <laughs> I know that you don't like sweet potato fries. I know that you're kind of like a you know I'm I'm like basic. I'm like a plus one modifier sort of guy. Miss me with that garbage pizza plus seven modifier stuff. You know what yes, I mean? Yes, hundred percent. I'm kind of there with you to to a degree with garbage pizza, but I'll still do a pepperoni sausage green pepper you know what i mean okay so do you have any particular cuts of fries that you will refuse to eat based only not even the taste but just the way that they're cut i won't refuse them but wedge fries are definitely my least favorite oh that's a good point what about steak fries steak fries are okay but i think they're a lot easier to mess up than a regular french fry yeah dude steak fries run the gamut of if you don't separate them from the rest of the food getting soggy and gross much faster than any other kind of fry yeah i'm with you <laughs> hmm. <laughs> i have lots of thoughts uh, on this i would love to keep talking about this <laughs> it's fine we'll just throw in a question for the audience is a pop tart a dumpling and oh we'll leave gosh. it at that anybody who wants to respond can at us on twitter uh, oh yeah or send us an email or, or even better send, send us a voicemail of you screaming your opinion about it please yeah. <laughs> or if you're on discord feel free have a very angry discussion about it somewhere it'll be great <laughs> okay i haven't weighed in on that question yet that's a good one anyway <laughs> this week's pokepole is what pokemon or feature from the alola region are you looking forward to the most in pokemon go this is really hard for me because despite having not played the generation i have there's a lot of love for stuff in the generation decidui i love decidui so much it's it's the best starter for me but it's already out so i like i can't say i'm looking forward to it except it's shiny well yeah you could look forward to it shiny slash community day when it gets a good move and things like that but uh, yeah we were just about to start and pokemon uh, kyle and i both opened up pokemon go and looking at our screens and there was a Rowlet and I got into the encounter and I just like stopped and I was like, why is Rowlet so just the, the best looking starter? And it's not even just that it's cute. Like the design is great for sure, but it's idle animation is so complex. It turns its head around. It's got mm-hmm. a lot of personality. When it jumps up, there's like green spots under its wings. It just looks I, I, like a next generation Pokemon in comparison to the other like five. <laughs> I, I think they had to because otherwise it's just a bean. Like it's just a, a round bean. Okay, as a as a design. Ask, let me pause you right there. Let me ask you an important question. What's the problem with that? <laughs> oh, well, it lacks detail. That's all. Okay, well, we could talk about Fue Coco some other time then. <laughs> yes, but Fue Coco has fantastic detail, so oh. we're going to talk about this, anyways. But that said, Alola has some amazing ghosts. We have a ghost, uh, mythical in Marshadow which is ghost fighting, which is amazing. But then we have Delmize, which is just an anchor. Oh, I got so many things. Don't forget that Sandy said, Gast. Sandy Gast is, is good. I like Sandy Gast. Mm-hmm. That said, I think my answer is going to be 
out of all of that, because some of them were really obvious, I'm looking forward to Moraney and Toxapex. Oh, yeah. Okay. I didn't play through with Alola, obviously, but I used them for Sword and Shield. And I just, I love the design. Just super defensive Pokemon, poisons, shields. It's, it's great. I love it. It this won't translate. It might translate actually really well into PvP and Go. We'll have to look at that. But just its design is fantastic. True. True. I'm a big fan. And and when you mentioned Ghosts, I instantly thought of Sandy Gas. And I remember when I first <laughs> saw that Pokemon and its evolutionary line, I lost my mind because I thought it was <laughs> one of the coolest things. You know how when people used to make fun of Generation 1 uh, designs is like, oh, that's just a Pokeball or even Trubbish. Yeah. Oh, it's just a bag of trash or whatever. Sandy Gas is just a haunted sandcastle. But when you yep. say that, you're you're invalidating making it sound simple because a haunted sandcastle is incredibly metal. <laughs> yes, it's and it's it's like super complex potentially. It's yeah, yeah. It's, it's great. It's so I love cool. That. Uh, I actually have an answer. I have two answers. The first one is Puku Muku because it is just a almost like a joke Pokemon. It's God. really funny if you play Pokemon Snap. You'll know what I'm talking about. It's a little like black oval with like the spikes, little cute little face, tiny mouth, and a big old white hand that looks like a glove comes out. Master Hand lives in that thing. It's great. <laughs> big, big fan. And of course, the release of the legendaries. You know, Lunala's cool. Lunala's really, really cool, but Solgaleo is really, no. really no. cool. Now, Solgaleo uh, has a special place in my heart because it looks, at the same time, like it could be a Mega Zord and also a Zoid. <laughs> yes. I mean, it, it definitely looks but like But also a, very much a Pokemon. Zoid energy. Love that it. said, Lunala's fantastic. I love Lunala. That said, I'm going to tag on there. Say, excited for the legendaries because these legendaries have a pre-evolution that's true how are they going to handle cosmog not really but yeah how how are they going to handle cosmog and it has an evolution there's a middle evolution for these legendaries too which is the weirdest part Mm -hmm. cosmog cosmoem and then solgaleo and lunala right yep much more digimon like than pokemon has any uh (laughs) any business being i suppose that's funny uh, but if you, dear listener, have an answer to the question, what Pokemon or feature from the Alola region are you looking forward to the most in Pokemon Go? You can answer it when we have it posted on Twitter at GoCast Podcast. You can also answer it if you're a patron in our Discord. We have an entire channel dedicated to it. And we post the question when the episode goes live so you can see it there. You can also send us a voicemail by calling into 262 586 7717, or you could leave us an email the old fashioned way to mail at gocastpodcast.com. But before we get to that particular section of the show, we're going to pass the reins on over to Fish and DeFi, who this week in their section, they're going to be talking about, you know, a deep dive into Obsidian Cup and, of course, the GBL Gap season update and their thoughts on it. Over to the two of you. Hi, I'm Fish on Ahita. And I'm DeFi 250 And this is PvP Corner, the PvP segment that gets its own dev diary. DeFi, what is going on in PvP right now? Well, Fish, let's dive right in. We are so excited that Niantic chose to really highlight the PvP scene in their most recent dev diary. However, we don't have a ton of time to talk about it. There is, there's a lot of news, Fish. 
there's quite a bit of news to cover today. So we're just going to give our quick takes. Uh, my big take is that I am thrilled that Niantic is putting more of a spotlight on PvP. This is the first time we've really heard the devs talk about fast attack desync and fast mm-hmm. attack inconsistencies using those words. So that makes me feel really good. It feels like they're paying attention and they're really going to start taking a look and trying to fix things, especially with this new season. However, like I mentioned, lots of stuff to cover today. So I want to just quickly shout out a couple people who are going to go into a little bit more detail on this dev diary. Uh, We've brought them up before, but the Beginner to Winner BTW podcast is another great resource, another great place to get more PvP information. Also, we're going to put a link in the show notes to Go Stadium, stadiumgaming.gg. They wrote up an article called Trainer Battle Day Dev Diary. What did we learn? So they kind of go further in depth about bug fixes, matchmaking, battle logging, and the maintenance of the battle system, and really, really go into that fast attack inconsistency. But I mean, long story short, it just gives me a whole bunch of real optimism for the future. Same. I am very, very excited. But we just looked a little bit forward into the future. Let's take a look into the past. Johto Cup technically isn't over. You can still access it in this new season, the interlude season. But how did your season 10 wrap up, Fish? Uh, pretty good. I hit legend. Um, <laughs> I uh, ran that same team from last week, Ampharos, Hitmontop, and Quillfish, and in total it gained me about 700-odd points. So just shocked <laughs> that that happened um, and happy to have, have, have hit that achievement that I always felt like I was at that level, but it's nice to have that that dumb badge now to to prove it awesome so congratulations a little bit behind the curtain fish was really hoping to surprise me with this information (laughs) when we recorded but i managed i peeked into his stream recently uh his meme team monday and i saw that he had reached legend and i commented in chat like oh my gosh fish congratulations and he was like darn it done <laughs> it probably confused a lot of people like ah darn it defy <laughs> why are you here <laughs> uh, what about you how did your season 10 finish actually i got my highest finish ever which was 2779 i've still never hit legend i'm only a little jealous but it's something that i know i have it in me to achieve it's mm. just been so difficult lately um just i have a lot on my plate just going on with life and work but i'm really looking forward to kind of that summer season the season after this one i think that's going to be my season i think that's going to be the season where i can really take the time and really try to hit legend because i know like you i know i'm capable of it i know i can do Mm. it it's just a matter of timing and having the the mental energy to really put that effort forth so we've looked at the past we've looked towards the future with the dev diaries let's talk about the present. Let's talk about the current season that we are in, which is called the interlude season. And again, just going to give a really brief rundown of some of those things that stand out most. First up, Go Battle Day is happening real fast. It is Saturday, March 5th. It may have already happened by the time you're listening to this. But Seal 
is the featured Pokemon. And you can get access to not just one, but both of Seal's really necessary PvP moves Mm -hmm. to make it relevant, which is absolutely fantastic. There will be two more Go Battle Days coming up that we will talk about and really hype up as those days continue. And I find that very funny because we have heard directly from Niantic representatives that they want go battle day to be like the battlers community day and i i made the suggestion uh to to one of these representatives at one point like oh what if you have uh pokemon with exclusive attacks available as gpl rewards (laughs) and like that the timing is too soon for that to actually like i don't think it was my idea for this to happen but i find it very funny that niantic were thinking like the same thing and, and they already had that plan in place Something else I want to shout out. I've played the main series games. I love Team Skull. I think they're silly. They're kind of goofy. They're lovable. Um, I really like them. So they are the team from the Alola region, which is very fitting. So they are really featured in Go Battle League with their encounters and the avatar outfits and the poses. There are a few guaranteed rank up encounters. At rank one, you're guaranteed to get a Crobat. And at rank 20, you can guaranteed get a Pikachu Libre. Sorry, shiny Pikachu Libre will not be available to encounter during this season. Also, the biggest update here is the schedule. Every single week, Fish, we're getting a brand new cup that we get to play. Right now, as we're recording, it is the Johto Cup again, so it's kind of a continuation. But next week, we'll be able to go into the Ultra League and Ultra League Premier Classic. So it will rotate every single week with cups from previous seasons. So we're getting things like uh, the original Little Cup coming back. We're getting Catch Cup returning. Halloween Cup, Flying Cup, Cano Cup. Yeah. Are there any of those in particular that you are excited to see again? If I'm not mistaken, I believe the Flying Cup was our first kind of Go Battle Day exclusive cup that we've ever had. So I really want to see if the meta's changed for that at all. Yeah, that's fair. I remember doing actually quite well in that one i I was running emolga aerodactyl and mantine i don't remember which order it was in but i did very well that day for, for me i'm actually excited because this is the interlude season i'm excited to actually try all these cups yes even the little cups probably uh, the only one that i don't want to do is the catch cup because like i don't want to spend stardust when i don't have to Well, then what's nice is you always have that other option. So during the Catch Cup, you could play in the Ultra League. And I just might. And we will definitely be talking about all of these cups a little bit closer when they appear. So we're not going to give you a rundown of the Element Cup right now because that's not happening until May 10th. But we'll talk a little bit about these cups um, moving forward as they get closer. Our Pokemon for March Community Day has been announced, and it is Sandshrew and Sandslash, both the Kanto and the Alolan varieties, and we, of course, want to give them a mention from a PvP perspective. Shadow Claw on Alolan Sandslash is, like most Community Day moves, an absolute side grade. Like, of course, Wall Rain was a huge improvement with its Icicle Spear and Powder Snow, but normally when these Pokemon get new moves, they are not strictly better 
they are just different. And Shadow Claw, Alolan Sandslash is definitely in that vein. Um, one exception, though, is during Kanto Cup, I think Shadow Claw will be very, very good for it there. Nice Slash on Kanto Sandslash. That's an interesting one. I feel like this will make Sandslash Kanto form a very underrated pick. I still think people are going to dismiss it, but it's got reasonable bulk. It's got mud shot. It's got that coverage move now of Night Slash. I think it can do some work. It won't be like top meta, but I think it'll I think it'll have a little something something. Um, but also Sandshrew XL is fantastic for Great League, particularly the Alolan Sandshrew. So definitely get yourself some XLs for that. I am so ready. I have a hundo Alolan Sandshrew, and I am so excited to max that thing out. I am ready. This also just feels like a big shout out to my friend Enhoff, whose favorite Pokemon is Sandshrew. So I'm really excited for her having her favorite Pokemon have a community day. She's got good taste. (laughs) Very much so. All right, let's move on. The next little piece of news is we just want to very briefly touch on some of the spawns to really look out for in the season of Alola. It looks like they're moving more with those biome-focused spawns. And I'm going to shout out each biome and talk about what is important in each one. Cities. Magneton and Grimer. XL Grimer is amazing. Muck is, of course, amazing in its own right in Ultra and Great League. Uh, And Magneton, you can use those candies. Magnezone is fantastic in Master League as well. Really great Pokemon. In the forest, you want to want to look at Pineco. Fortress has a lot of play, especially in this Obsidian Cup in the Sylph Arena. In the mountains, Alolan Geodude, Alolan Graveler, and Alolan Golem are both really good picks especially in the Sylph Arena, but they found uses in Go Battle League as well. Taking a look at the Hemisphere spawns, the Southern Hemisphere, so that's down by Fish, has Beldum and Chespin. Metagross is a fantastic Pokemon in the Master League and really good in raids too, just an overall really strong Pokemon. And Chespin is really fun. Chestnut has a lot of really kind of niche play in Great League being a fighting and grass type Pokemon, its unique typing and unique moveset gives it a lot of play. Northern Hemisphere, we don't really get a lot interesting. Sorry. Uh, It's okay. We don't have to be the important hemisphere all the time. So it's okay that the Southern Hemisphere gets a little bit more fun this season. In eggs, the 2k egg hatch that you would want to look for most is Chespin for the same reasons as before. In 5Ks, the regular 5K eggs, Mantyke for a Mantine is really nice. Tyrogue to evolve into a Hitmontop or a Hitmonchan for various uses. Hitmonlee, unfortunately, no good in PvP, but maybe it will get some kind of move update that will change that one day. And of course, Skarmory. And in the Adventure Sync 5Ks, we've got Shieldon, of course, Happeny to evolve into a Chansey if you want to really make your opponents upset. Munchlax, which is good on its own or as a Snorlax. Phantump to get that Great League or Ultra League Trevenant. And Dedene in the 10Ks. Alomomola is really good, particularly in a few restricted metas. And in the 10K Adventure Sync, Dratini, Beldum, Rayolu, Dino, and Gumi as well. Because Gudra has a fair bit of play, particularly in Ultra. 
There are also a lot of new Alola spawns that we can be looking forward to, and it's all very new right now, But and we are excited to cover those more kind of as these Pokemon start to spawn more, and we get more and more new Alolan Pokemon. It's time for our self-check-in, and our GoCast tournament ended in a tie. <laughs> but it was a five-way tie, Fish. It's very exciting. So, Fish, you and I were part of that five-way tie. Camo McGeo8 as well. T-Hubs, also known as Team Magma Tyler, and ZT Smith 22 So, a five-way tie. That means, as I mentioned last week, that Camo did stop your sweep. Uh, so, we all went 3-1 in this tournament. Obsidian Cup is our deep dive for the week. You ready to talk about it? Let's do it. All right, Fish. Bands only. We talked about this briefly last week, but can you remind our listeners, what are these bands? So bands only, it means that anything is allowed except for fairies, fighting, grass, flying, and ground types. No Megas, no Shadows, and no Bastidon, Lickitung, Pachirisu, Vigoroth, or Registeel. Everything else is allowed. Yeah, they talked about it in the development notes. They called it a subtractive approach. So similar to what we saw in Go Battle League's Retro Cup. So taking a look, what has this bands only meta produced? If we take a look at the top 10 species on PV Poke, in the number one spot, we've got Regirock, followed up by Fortress, Obstagoon, Umbreon, Zhwilus, Defense Deoxys, Warmadam Trash, Politoed, Sableye, and Escavalier. Out of that top 10, a couple things that stick out to me. I think Defense Deoxys is going to be really popular since we just had it in raids. Also, Regirock being in that top spot. Uh, Regirock can't be a raid Regirock. If a Regirock is up to level 20, I don't think even if you trade it, you can get it down to under 1500. It has to be one from research or back from the good old days when they were in boxes. So that's a little frustrating. It's not something that you can exactly go out and catch, but there are a lot of other options. Namely, like Fortress is a really good option for kind of a big bulky Pokemon. Worm Dam Trash is a really good bulky pick. Um, but Regirock is just kind of a unique pick that you can't really replicate. Something else that might be a little bit more common, um, Wobbuffet XL. Since we just had the Johto Tour, that might have gotten more people up to that XL. You have to have that perfect purified Wobbuffet at level 50. So that might have helped a few people get to the XL candy barrier they needed. Wobbuffet is one of a, a few different counter uses that are viable. It's interesting because they banned fighters specifically to target counter users. And also Vigoroth because anytime Vigoroth is part of a meta, it kind of circumvents any sort of fighting ban. But there are still plenty of Pokemon that do no counter, such as Obstagoon, Defense Deoxys, Wobbuffet, like we mentioned, Escavalier, and Pseudowoodo and Bonsley. And all of them do very different things in the meta. So I encourage you to look it up. Obstagoon is a great wall to darks and ghosts. Um, Defense Deoxys has great play against the darks and bugs that generally beat it, but it, it can fight back, which it makes it, which is why this cup is better than Guardian Cup, in my opinion, because there is counterplay that you can have. Um, a Scavalier with the drill run really takes it up to things like Dragauji, which is going to be big, and Sidowoodo and Bonsley. 
are there. Speaking of Pokemon that are there, Walren <laughs> exists. It just, it came in, it had its community day, and turned the meta upside down. So Walren is allowed in this cup. It is still OP. It is still so, so good. But all those counter users that Fish mentioned, give it a tough time. So throw a Walren in against an Obstagoon or a Defense Deoxys, a Scavalier, it's going to be rough. Bug types are probably going to be kind of the biggest type of the meta, I feel. Foratress is going to be just everywhere with the consistent bug bite damage being super effective against your darks and also against uh, defense deoxys and having the resistances that it does there's very little fire around so i think foratress is kind of like a go-to poke probably one of the first go-to pokemon pv poke recommends mirror shot and earthquake I am convinced that Sandtomb is a better move there instead of Mirror Shot because you're doing so much damage with the Bug Bite that Sandtomb can kind of fuel that fire and help you to achieve those wins quicker. Like, if you're against an Obstagoon, then potentially a Sandtomb might stop the Obstagoon from getting to another Night Slash to threaten that matchup. I've mentioned Dragauji. Dragauji is a great safe generalist. Its Dragon Tail is not resisted by many things because Fairy is banned in this meta, so it really only has to worry about the steel bugs like your Foratress and your Escavalier. But its poison typing helps resist the bug bites and counters in return. It does have its downsides though like the psychic typing will make it susceptible to an earthquake from a foratress or a polytoad and a drill run from a scavalier and it will also mean that you lose in all the even shield situations against a defense deoxys because of psycho boost so be wary of that but dragauji is great Another really great Pokemon is Politoed. It leads in PV Poke. It is the safest switch. Creams Pokemon like Escavalier and Dragalgy can win against Walren and Defense Deoxys. Please note that Earthquake is a legacy move, so it is something that you will have to elite TM to. You could run Blizzard. That would definitely make Azuilus very scared. So that is an option available to you. I would, however, recommend Earthquake because there's no flyers around, which is usually what you'll want to target with your Blizzard. I mean, great point about this wireless. So that is something you can hit. I think Earthquake gets you a few more targets in this meta than Blizzard does. So now let's look at some cores. Some Pokemon that work really well together to take on a large portion of the meta. The first one I looked at was Dragauji and Obstagoon. It beats a lot of Pokemon. One of the few Pokemon that can beat both of those things is Foratress, but Foratress needs to land Earthquake on Dragauji to overcome that matchup. Otherwise, Dragauji has that. Cresselia is a threat, but, I mean, Obstagoon can threaten that back with its Night Slashes, so Cress has to land a Moonblast. It generally beats Obstagoon in the one shield unless Obstagoon gets the boost from the Night Slash damage. Um, Defense Deoxys threatens it. It can beat Dragauji with the Psycho Boost and it can beat Obstagoon if it has shields. Next up we've got Regirock and Foratress. Both of these Pokemon can beat, I mean Regirock can beat the entire Constricted PV Poke meta in the 1-0 shield and 
Fortress can beat almost everything in the Constricted meta. The only two major threats against it are Politoed and Escavalier. You can actually throw in Cofagrigus or Sableye to cover all the things that do beat the Regirock Fortress core. So like having those three, I reckon, will be really nice. And then I've also got Politoed and Galvantula. I liked that core because the threats to that core don't seem like they'll be super popular. So there were names like Umbreon, Gudra, Cofagrigus, Dragonair, Lantern, Munchlax, Magnazone. So out of, out of all those, Cofagrigus is probably the most common one. But yeah, look, look at that one. Politoed and Galvantula. So if you want to hear all about these cores in even more detail, Pallet Town PvP, which is the community that Fish runs, put out an awesome video called Obsidian Cup Meta in Five Minutes. I really like these breakdowns because I got five minutes. I don't know <laughs> if I have time always for a 30-minute YouTube video, but I've got five minutes. So he does a really good job of explaining the meta and highlighting some really key Pokemon. So be sure to check out Pallet Town PvP on YouTube and check out the Obsidian Cup breakdown. And that's our deep dive really quickly. We got a little bit of a mailbag from Ayush Agawal, and they write, thanks for showing the PvP community your love. I appreciate your work. Well, we appreciate you. So thank you so much. We love hearing people who appreciate our segment and love listening to what we have to say on the podcast about the Pokemon Go PvP community. So thank you so much for writing in and letting us know that you're listening. Yeah, we appreciate it. And that leads us to our shameless plugs. DeFi, what do you got to plug? Well, I'm just really excited for that Mazer Gaming Gives Back coming up here on Saturday. It's so soon. Mazer Gaming is a fantastic organization. They'll be live at twitch.tv slash mazerhq. I'm hosting and I'll be able to work with 2 Butters and Speediest Chief 2. And there's a $1,000 prize pool that's up for grabs. And it's Mazer Gaming Gives Back. So all of the proceeds, kind of like the subs and the bits, are going to go towards Zero Cancer, which is a wonderful organization. There's also going to be some giveaways, and I am just real excited to be a part of this event. And for me, I just want to give a few shout outs to some people in the Palatown community who have hit some milestones. We had a few of them coming up in the last week. So uh, Lilybear26 managed to hit Ace, which I know she was very eager to do since she'd at least gotten to that level every season so far and she didn't want to miss out this season so she got there like right at the end mama climbs who is a streamer on the palatown twitch and youtube channel she hit veteran for the first time jw11f3 he hit veteran as well and made it to challenger in the silf arena and bridge sheesh got to legend for it was their third time so congratulations to them also i happen to notice in the GoCast discord server triptando and tadan both hit legend themselves so congratulations to those two battlers all right and with that i think that's a segment we love hearing your feedback if you have any questions or suggestions for fisher for myself you can direct your feedback to pvp corner at gocastpodcast.com in the show description you can click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects you can find my twitter account you can find my twitch account you can find the pallet town pvp server details and with that i think that's a show and we'll see you next week bye
Thank you, Fish and DeFi-E. Yet another wonderful PvP corner segment. Kyle, we should record with them in person again soon. It's been too long. Yeah, for sure. Let's get them back on. Good luck coordinating everything. (laughs) That is really the only problem there. Otherwise, we'd do it all the time for sure. But it is that last section of the show. I remembered before PvP corner, but I seem to have forgotten. Kyle, can you help me out? It's time for emails. Oh, and one voicemail. We're going to start with the voicemail. It's Brian. Brian is back with a complete voicemail this week. Very excited. Hi, Chris and Kyle. Uh, This is Brian once again. Um, I completely butchered the first voicemail, so I'm trying again uh, because I think it's important that you guys know how awesome you guys are and the work you guys do and um, I really feel part of a community uh, listening to you guys. Where I'm at, I've met a lot of people, and I work with uh, many, many clients, and none of them play Pokemon Go. And it's just one of those things where I'm like, man, like, where are my people? And every time I listen to your show, I'm just encouraged to know, like, they're out there, and uh, I'm not alone. Um, I play, I'm a, I, I guess you could say I'm a pretty hardcore player, but, um, man, for some reason I, I am trouble. Um, I have trouble finding my people out there and, um, yeah, it's just, you know, I don't know. I just, you guys are so encouraging to know that, uh, there's also, uh, great fans out there and, um, yeah, keep up the good work guys. I wish you guys knew the joy you guys bring me and listening to you guys uh quabble is that the word um <laughs> you guys pit us out or no yeah whatever you guys go back and forth between each other whatever the term is for that uh you guys are so funny and i love listening to you guys and i literally like look forward to the next episode and i'm like man why don't they do five episodes a week and uh one is just not enough guys I'm not saying you have to step up your game, but uh, uh, episodes a week would be great um, (laughs) because I love listening to you guys. So keep up the good work, and uh, thanks for everything you guys do. Uh, I'm glad this voicemail is way better than the first. And, yeah, Uh, anyways, bye. I love that voicemail front to back. Thank you so much for your kind, kind words. And if Kyle and I did have the time to do five podcasts a week, we definitely have the chops to talk for five podcasts worth of content <laughs> a week. God. What do you think the the term was that, that they were looking for? If not complaints, what do you think it is? No, the, the, the guy right with, I think squabbling. We, we squabble a lot. We squabble. Yeah, yeah, we, we squabble. This is sort of like a like a fifty years of marriage simulator in a lot yeah. of ways. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I like I like the term squabble because it doesn't imply anything severe. Squabble is mm. is a very friendly way of arguing. I think. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, yeah. Or uh, banter. Uh, banter has also kind of like gotten less of a negative stigma. It's kind of positive, right? Yeah. You usually have to qualify it though beforehand. You're like, oh, lovely banter or clever banter or something, right? Yeah. 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 But anyway, thank you so very, very much for the voicemail, Brian. And um, I'm glad that uh, everything worked out. Awesome. So the only email is from Devante. And they said, 
Howdy, Chris and Kyle. Just wanted to quickly share my Johto tour experience. I took some days off to celebrate some good old-fashioned me time before my birthday next week. It just so happened that Johto Tour and the Villain Arts Tattoo Festival in Philly fell on the same day. So needless to say, I had a wonderful day full of shiny Pokemon, two perfect shadows, a Bagon and an Alolan Marowak. Wow. Plenty of raids with friends and the amazing community of tattoo artists and tattoo nerds such as myself. I did not get to take part in the Kanto Tour, so this was a huge treat for me. The convention center is located in central Philadelphia, so the Pokestops were plenty, and the random people I would bump into playing the game and ogling over tattoos was amazing. Anyway, I just wanted to share my amazing day with you guys. As always, keep up the good work. Shiny side up and shiny vibes all, Devante. This email was also attached with four photos of the convention center, uh, some Pokemon stuff. Great, great photos. It looks like this trip was incredible. So good for you, Devante. I hope this was some top notch, uh, good old fashioned me time before your birthday next week. (laughs) Uh, Happy birthday in advance from the two of us, for sure. Would you ever play Pokemon Go at a convention or would you feel like there'd be too many things for you to look at? that you wouldn't be able to focus on the event. I think the convention matters, but probably not. I think so too. So hats off to you, Devante. I would be, I couldn't handle myself. I would not be able to handle myself, but amazing. And also perfect shadows. Very jealous. <laughs> if you would like to send us an email like Devante did or a voicemail like Brian did, you can do so. Uh, if you want to do the voicemail line, you can do 262-586-7717. If you'd like to send us an email, send it on to mail at gocastpodcast.com. Visit our website, gocastpodcast.com. Follow us on Twitter at gocastpodcast. If you'd like to help support the show monetarily, you can do so via Patreon. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash gocastpodcast where $1 a month via Patreon gets you access to our Discord server, which is the best perk we have by far. But there are others, and at the Elite Trainer tier, we are blessed with a small group of fantastic people. Thank you very much to Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zekwagger, Andrew, Robert, Lori, Michael, Ozzy, Ted, Tish, Ben, Marvin, the Mimi, Sports, Thayer, Jason, Charles, Matters, Devante. I forgot to breathe before the list that time. <laughs> Thank you so very, very much to each of you for your generous support and for helping us keep the digital lights on. But if supporting the show monetarily is not in the cards for you, isn't something you're interested in, or you've already done so or are still looking for other ways to help out, you can for free by leaving a review on any podcasting service that you might be listening to us on that has review infrastructure the latest of which is Spotify. And we're still killing it. So thank you, everybody there, for your love on Spotify. We very much appreciate it. You are helping us out in ways I cannot describe. But that's it for the show, Mr. Kyle. I think we just got to set some goals and then uh, boogie on out of here. So what are you looking to do this week? There's no big event. I think it's two weeks from now for the community day. So it's pretty much just the Alolan event this week and our normal <laughs> stuff. Yeah. Finish the Mele Mele adventure, which shouldn't be that really big a deal. It's going to only take a little while. I just haven't, you know, left the house today. <laughs> Dax entry, all of the stuff aside from Jang Mo'o. Uh, so the collection challenge? Um, I mean, yeah, that's just as involving 
the young goose, but well, you're I mean, looking also, to evolve everything. Yeah, I'm looking to evolve all of the starters as well. I'm going to exclude Jang Mo'o and Rockruff because I'm not sure how many uh, Rockruff I'm actually going to raid. But and two hundred thousand Stardust. Excellent. Anything else? I think that's it. All right. So I've got for you collection challenge, which I put down. You didn't say it specifically, but you're going to do it anyway. <laughs> All new entries besides Jang Mo'o and Rockruff and two hundred thousand Stardust. Yep. Oh, and also the the, the melee melee uh, research. Yes, that's correct. Okay. So for myself, I want to do the collection challenge, the melee melee research as well. I am also looking to do all new entries, but I'm going to include Jeng Mo'o and Rockruff in that goal. I don't think I'm going to make myself evolve the Jeng Mo'o, but if I can manage to hatch one a minute, that's going to be a huge win for me, in my opinion. And in the spirit of that, I would like to hatch 50 eggs this week and 1 million experience because we're still on that grind. I'm going to add 50 eggs to my list as well. Okay. Maybe, maybe try for some of the Jingmo O and Rockruffs. Gotcha. I currently have one 10 K and four 12 Ks in my inventory. So I've got to get those incubated as quickly as possible to make room for five Ks and other 10 Ks. I think. All right. And I think that's it. So without further ado, we'll bid you adieu, I suppose, and see you next week for episode 182. We hope that you enjoyed the interview, the two-part Arceus series as well this past week. I think I did the math and it was about eight and a half hours of audio content last month. So hopefully y'all were satisfied. (laughs) We'll see you in the next one. Bye-bye. Bye.